Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at GEICO.com. Easy. So before we get started in today's podcast, I want to announce two merch winners, but don't worry, there'll be two announced every podcast. All you got to do to be entered is go give a five-star review on the Apple Podcast and leave your Instagram at so I know how to contact you. The winners of this podcast are Viola and Viviana. We will be hitting you up to send you some exclusive free merch. Now, welcome to Sus. Share your scare where we talk to different people and hear their stories of survival, the paranormal, and all things sus. I'm your host, Brennan Taylor. This is my brother, Jake. What's up? And today we have on the lovely, the beautiful, party of five star, Emily Tosta. <laughs> wow, thank you for that, Brennan. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. It's an honor to have you here. I know we really haven't had that much connection as friends lately. Um, we used to be really close, but we I haven't, know. you know, I, I blame it on COVID. I was literally about to say that. I was going to say, let's blame it on the coronavirus. Yes. I haven't really been seeing anybody at all because I'm terrified <laughs> exactly exactly you know we've been trying to stay at stay safe that's the biggest thing is trying to stay safe but stay busy you know yeah, because everyone's true. gonna get so bored at home we have to figure something out what have you been doing to stay busy um i think it's been really important for me to have found certain things that i can do to sort of keep myself productive and creative at the same time because at the beginning it was really hard the first month of this whole quarantine thing was so difficult i was like what am i supposed to do with my life i was supposed to leave to new york to film a show and i couldn't it's like everything got put on pause obviously for everyone so at the beginning it was a little difficult for me and then after that I sort of started picking up a new things like I started learning French I started playing the piano and guitar again I started working out a lot more because I had more time to do so so I started working on businesses I'm releasing a clothing line and a vegan purse line so I just started working wow. on like a lot of different things so that I could keep myself busy and yeah that's awesome and I know I know you worked on like right before COVID you were like Booking everything, you know, you were you were you were the up and coming star, and it kind of sucks that COVID happened. But like, walk me through that, okay? Because you've been acting, or what was it, your whole life? Like, yeah, since I was, I started acting since I was seven years old, but I did it in my country, in Dominican Republic. So then I moved to this country to pursue acting, but I actually moved here with like no legal documentation. Um, I didn't speak the language. I just literally came to this country and I was like, I want to be an actress and I'm going to figure it out somehow. Awesome. So um, eventually I got a work visa and then I was able to obviously learn English. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <I hope so. laughs> Duh. Sometimes I still mess up, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I lived in Miami and I was working there and then my mom and I wanted to move to LA because I wasn't really happy with the type of work that I was getting in Miami. And then I moved to L.A. when I was about 15 years old. And, yeah, I started auditioning. I just started trying to find work. And it's obviously really hard because everyone and their moms comes out here to act. So it took definitely a long time. I think the first role that sort of started putting me in, like, the eyes of people in the industry was my role on Mayans MC, which Mm -hmm. is a show on FX. And for the first time, like, people started noticing my work and stuff. And then from there, I booked Party of Five. I booked a movie that I just did in Atlanta with Nicolas Cage. Nice. Yeah, I saw Congrats. that. Yeah, That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Has that done, um, uh, done filming with that one already? Yeah, we literally – it was crazy because we finished right before – 
um, everything got oh, shut good. down. So I finished in Atlanta. I just got to LA, and like five days later, I was like, everything's shutting down. Oh wow! <laughs> so we finished just in time. That's perfect timing. So you said yeah. you came to America when you were mm-hmm. young. Like, how did you like? How was the process of getting here? Like, what was that like? So I came here as a tourist on a tourist visa, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> please don't deport me. <laughs> legal now so i can talk about it um but yeah i came here on a tourist visa and it obviously took a long time because i was 12 almost 13 so in order for somebody so young to get a work visa it's it's very difficult so i think it was honestly a miracle that they gave me a work visa it was all meant to be but um i just put together like all the um, work that i had done in my country and all of that stuff and we put like everything together in a book and we presented it to the government for me to get like an O-1 visa and then I remember we got it in the mail like obviously it took a few months and stuff but I just remember my mom and I were like opening the mail and we got the letter from the government and we were like oh my god did they approve us or or do we gotta get back (laughs) so then we open it and it says you've been approved for a work visa and then obviously because I was a minor they ended up giving my mom an O-3 so it just it all worked out out. so you pretty much came here and then never left right literally (laughs) (laughs) came on vacation I came here to invade the country and never left (laughs) so you came here with the the soul love and heart filled with just acting that's all you wanted to do and just $500 (laughs) $500 yeah literally we were so broke we didn't even have money for food sometimes for the first like four years of us living in this country wow yeah it was rough but it paid off. Dang, so, so it was just you and your mom? <laughs> yeah, it was just me and my mom. Wow. That's why my mom's my best friend. I don't know if you've noticed, like, whenever you come over and stuff, like, my mom like my yeah, mom yeah. hangs out with us. And, I like, love your mom. She's literally my best friend because we've been through everything together. So she's always been, like, my partner in crime. That's, that's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. So you now, with COVID, you know, how, how have things changed? Like, do you still get to go on auditions? And, like, what what's the acting industry like now that COVID is here? It's actually changed a lot. We started picking up on a lot of Zoom meetings. So now instead of you auditioning, you just get on Zoom with either the casting director or the producers and stuff, which has been really weird to adjust because you're just sitting there right. like Skyping somebody basically and trying to act out this like I'm trying to cry and trying to do all these things and I'm just sitting at my desk over Zoom. and I'm just like, dude, over Zoom? This is messed up. But anyways, I'm trying to get used to it because obviously we don't know when things are going to get back to normal. Do you um, feel it's harder to do it over Zoom or in person? I mean, like, is it more comfortable since you are at home or is it less comfortable Mm, i think that's an interesting question because i i think for me i know a lot of people a lot of actors that i've talked to disagree with me but for me it's actually less comfortable because i have this mentality of like when i'm walking into an audition room i switch myself into that Mm. character and i walk in there and i'm a completely different person and i'm in a different setting so it helps and it's just like that's how i've always looked at it i just walk in there and i do my work and then i leave but then if i'm home i'm just like this is my surroundings this is the place that i'm familiar with this is like so it makes it a little more strange that's true that's why they say don't mix your like your business with like where you live Mm -hmm. because you get too comfortable and i feel like that's our issue especially filming videos because like we'll like film something and then want to go sit on the couch for a minute next thing a minute's an hour exactly yeah yeah, i'm not even in it anymore but that's Mm -hmm. so recently you Mm -hmm. had a little situation where i saw you were in the hospital yeah. What what happened? I want, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, um, that was really crazy. I don't know if you know because we haven't really uh-uh, gone in I, depth. I mean, I, wa- I watched it, your video about it, but, but I want to oh, hear yeah. from you everything that happened because yeah. I mean, this is terrifying. And I know we're jumping into something scary early, mm. but I need the people out there to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really crazy. I 
I'm not even exaggerating. I almost died. Well, the doctors thought I was going to die. So basically how it happened was I had been feeling certain symptoms. Um, I had been like bleeding. Like there was, I'm going to be hella TMI, but whatever. <laughs> <Go> it. <for> it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it basically, I had been feeling certain symptoms. Like there had been like blood in my stool. Like when I would go to the bathroom, yeah. I had been like spitting up blood. There was like things that were happening that obviously like go to the freaking doctor. But I was working so much and I didn't want to risk putting like not being able to work so i was going from project to project i was filming two shows at the same time and it was just like things in my career were going so well that i didn't want to risk going to the doctor and them telling me like something either you need to slow down or hey this is really wrong with you so you can't work so obviously it was very negligent of my part like of my part to do that but at the same time i was just like it's okay it'll go away i'm young i'm so healthy i take such good care of myself um but it didn't so things started getting really really bad and thankfully it was was while I wasn't working because it was now throughout this whole COVID thing. So basically the symptoms were happening every single day as opposed to happening sporadically Mm -hmm. as they were before. So it was like every single day I was spitting up blood. Every time I would go to the bathroom, there would be blood. I was like feeling really weak. And it got to a day where I couldn't get up from bed. I was visiting a friend in Fresno. And so I was three hours away from home and from my mom. So I couldn't get up. I had like a really horrible fever and I knew it wasn't COVID because I had just gotten my results from my test like literally the day before that. So I was like, this isn't COVID. So what the hell is wrong with me? Um, I remember I couldn't talk. I was trying to like develop sentences to my friend and I couldn't. And it, it just got really, really bad. So I remember texting my mom and telling her, please come here. I need you. So obviously my mom just drove like a crazy maniac all the way to Fresno. And um, so we call a doctor from Fresno and they start putting like an IV and stuff on me to sort of try to revive me and get some energy going while we were waiting for a hospital bed to be available, which was really difficult because of COVID times. It's like everybody, every single bed in the hospital was booked. So we were waiting. We were waiting. Nobody understood what was going on. As we were waiting, I was just getting worse and worse. I was literally seeing the light. Like, I kid you not. I was like, my eyes were like slowly fading away. And I was like trying to keep myself alive and awake. And I was like, it was really bad. Like, my mom was so worried. Everyone was really worried. So then I get to the hospital. And basically, we're telling them everything that's going on, the symptoms. I still can't talk. So obviously, other people are trying to do it for me. So they ingress me in the hospital and we they do a bunch of like blood works and they do like a colonoscopy and endoscopy, all this stuff to figure out what it is that's wrong with me. And basically everything came back. And first of all, I was very malnourished because of the autoimmune disease that I had, which I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Um, that basically, because I wasn't taking care of it, anything that I was eating, I my body wouldn't grab it. So for months and months and months, I wasn't getting any vitamins. I wasn't getting anything wow. from food. Like literally, it was like if I just went all those months starving myself, pretty much. So I was very malnourished. They were like, you're literally as malnourished as like a kid in Africa. Like you, wow, I'm, wow. they were surprised that I was still alive. Um, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis. Um, which is an autoimmune disease in your digestive system. I was um, like severely anemic because I had lost so much blood for such a long period of time. Um, I was basically every single thing in my blood test and like my blood levels were completely down and completely low. They were literally surprised that I was still alive. Wow. And so obviously once we knew what the diagnosis was, we were like, okay, well, what can we do now? And that's when things started getting really complicated. So while I was in the hospital, everything started getting so much worse. And 
they weren't finding a cure for it. So oh, yeah. the thing that you're supposed to give patients with ulcerative colitis wasn't working for me. So they were they kept trying and trying and it just wasn't working. And then the surgeon came into my room and he was like, we're going to have to remove your colon. And that would mean me living with like a bag on me for the rest oh, of my life. Yeah, it was literally crazy. So they weren't finding a cure. They weren't figuring out what they could do. And that's when the doctors started getting worried. And it's like, when you see doctors starting to get worried, that's when you start oh, worrying yeah, even yeah, more. Because yeah. I'm just like, y'all are the ones that are supposed to figure out what the heck is going on with me. If you don't know. I sure don't know. know. <laughs> my life is over. Like, I'm yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So obviously, it was. I can laugh about it now, but it was like the most stressful days of my life. Um, I, I <laughs> It was funny. Well, it's funny now, but I literally started writing my will. I was like, hold on. You actually did. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. Oh. When I said that to you, I wasn't joking. Wow. Because I I wasn't supposed to make it through. So then I started like actually strengthening my relationship with God a lot while I was in the hospital. Um, so then my mom and I started praying a lot and stuff. And then that's why I say that it was a freaking miracle because suddenly like the doctors came in and they were like, this worked. They just came into my room one day and they really? were like, this treatment actually worked. And wow. I went from thinking that I was going to die and on the verge of like my body slowly shutting down to finding a cure for it and finding something that was actually helpful. So then things started working out and everything started getting good again. But yeah. And eventually I finally went back home to keep like my remission period of things and stuff back home. And that must have been terrifying. It was crazy. I lost like, I went into the hospital weighing 123 pounds and my last day at the hospital, I was at 95 pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's like a full full on keto diet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not in a good way. (laughs) No, not in a good way. crazy. Yeah, Yeah. it was insane. Are you like 100% cured from that or is that something that could come back in the future? So with autoimmune diseases, it's sort of something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. So I'm still taking medicine because I recently left the hospital. It hasn't even been like two or three months yet yeah. um so i'm still in like this um medical treatment that i have to be on for maybe the next few months there's a lot of things that i can't eat anymore there's a lot of things that i basically just a lot of lifestyle choices that i have to change and obviously which is the crazy part of things it was all caused by stress and really? like um basically taking i'm like i internalize everything so whenever i'm stressing about something whenever i'm upset like i internalize everything so i take it all in and as opposed to like being communicative or being open about what bothers me so that's another change that i have to make in my life because they literally said like usually autoimmune diseases are very um stress driven so it didn't matter that i was so healthy it didn't matter that i ate healthy that i worked out that i took care of myself at the end of the day what literally eventually almost killed me was the stress so it was like a ticking time bomb because it was always mm-hmm. in you it was just the it was stress always that there it, it was out. just it was like trigger, everything yeah. yeah wow yeah how was like being in the hospital during covid like oh yeah God, what was, was that it yeah was awful you guys it was awful it was like my well obviously you can't have any guests like nobody can come in and see you my mom was sneaking into the hospital no way. yeah i hope she doesn't get arrested after this comes out <laughs> Breaking but news. She, breaking news. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was sneaking into the hospital. So she would find, like, it was bad because we were in constant arguments with, like, the nurses and stuff. Like, because my mom would hide in the closet whenever a nurse would come really? in. There was one time that she hid under the bed. There was another time that she hid in the shower in the bathroom. She, like, closed the curtain and was praying. And then the nurse went in there to throw out one oh of the things. God. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please don't see her. Please don't see her. Please don't see her. Please don't see her. I know. Oh and she was just, like, behind the curtain like oh this. Oh, my God. It was just, yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was crazy. She was obviously the only person that came to visit me because you know could. you could she couldn't even visit me. She was just a freaking savage. She's <laughs> the only one risking to yeah, break Yeah, literally the risking to break into the hospital. She broke in through the kitchen. She broke wow. in through like she once like followed this doctor that was opening the door and she like hit me. It was like a whole yeah. movie. Like, she bought like, a doctor's outfit. Yeah, I, no, no, I'm not kidding. She bought the same color that the You're nurses lying. were wearing. I'm not kidding. And she what bought like that plastic face shield that nurses wear. She bought it so she could try to blend in. Yeah. It was crazy. But to be honest, like I'm so grateful that she did that because I wouldn't have made it through yeah. without her. When, when you yeah. were there writing your will, what goes through your mind at that point? Wow. Um, I feel like at that point, it was a lot of obviously like sadness and worry and concern. And I was just like, like, this is it. Like, really? I feel like there's so many more things that I want to do with my life. There's so many things that I wish I could do right now, but I can't even stand up and do them. And it's just like, it really makes you appreciate every second even more than I already did. Like, I feel like I've always been a very grateful person, but going through an experience like that is such an awakening period of your life because you just think to yourself, like life is really fragile. It really is. Like we could be gone in a second and it could be from anything and the people that you least expect. Like I, uh, none of my friends expected that to be me because I'm so healthy and I'm always taking care of myself. I'm busy all the time. I'm so happy all the time. Like, Literally, when you least expect it, the craziest things can happen to you. And that's why it's so important for us to do what makes us happy, to not stress as much, to tell people that you love them. Like, there's so many things that we as human beings need to be doing every single day because life is fragile and you never know. Somebody could be gone tomorrow and then you're going to have all this regret and all this anxiety and all these worries. And it's just like that could be avoided if we just lived life from a place of love and kindness and just doing what the heck we want to do and whatever makes us happy as opposed to worrying so much about things that aren't going to matter in like five years most definitely yeah you were you were uh, like a vegan or vegetarian right mm-hmm. has that affected anything now that you have to change your eating habits or can you still be a vegan yeah it's actually more helpful because one of the things that the doctors um didn't want me to have was lactose dairy red meat and chicken mm. so i was like oh this is easy yeah. i don't need any of that already <laughs> so so yeah it was actually a lot more helpful wow yeah. that's crazy like like you said anything can happen at any moment so you really mm-hmm. do have to appreciate life and and now that you know you made it through this, thankfully, thank you, thank you, Lord, for <laughs> thank you, Lord. getting Emily through this. What are you going to do to like start living your life differently? Um, I feel like I already have. Like, there's. I told myself that I used to be a person. Well, obviously, the stress is a big part of it. Like, I I literally just let things slide. Like, I just think to myself, dude, whatever's going to happen is going to happen because God has a plan or whatever it is that you believe in the universe or whatever. Like, there's a plan. Like, in this world, there's a plan for everybody. We're all here for a reason. So it's just like, I think I've learned to be a lot more chill about things. Like, I just go with the flow. I do things that make me happy. I created a morning routine for myself and I'm actually like sticking to it of meditation or prayer and working out and just like doing things that are actually healthy for not only my outer body like my physical body but also like emotionally and mentally and um, I've just been doing more things that keep me more like my mind body and soul more balanced and yeah just trying to live like a less stress life what are what are the things that stress you out like what is what is your stress driven from it was always driven from either work 
or family issues or well before I started working more and obviously I was now I'm more blessed in that department but it used to be finances a lot too like a few years ago so it stemmed from a lot of different areas of my life but it was crazy because it was all like outerly created it was something that I couldn't really control so I think that's something that I'm learning now so the way that I see it is if I can't control a situation or if I can't change a situation I'm not going to stress about it. I'm just going to let it slide. I'm just going to let it flow the way that it's supposed to. As opposed to how I was before, where I tried to control everything. Right. I tried to change everything. I tried to be like, oh, my God, this is going on. So I think that's been really helpful for me. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. Like, my mom has high blood pressure from being stressed out. She's out there. She's listening yeah. to me. Hey. Stress is, you know, she, I always heard her saying this my whole life. Stress is like a silent killer, you know. And you guys, mm. everyone listening has to take a moment for themselves. Maybe you do it right now or maybe after the podcast. But, like, really take a moment just to, like, quiet yourself. Because, you know, everyone has things going on with them, even if they don't look at like Emily you guys could look at her and see just a beautiful girl you wouldn't think anything's Thank wrong you. with her but little do you know she's bleeding from the inside yeah. out you know <laughs> literally <laughs> exactly. that sounded like Shakespeare wedding <laughs> I somehow it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, okay I want to get back into the acting for a second because yeah. I, I started out as acting and I know there's like a lot of like rejection in acting. You know, you have to get used to being rejected. And for the people listening who maybe aspire to be an actor, what could you tell them as advice? I would just tell them to keep going. I think that was something that was really important for me in my career. There was moments where I was really close to giving up. And there's this image um, that I always look at. It's these two guys, and they're like breaking down this mine, right? And then they're both in the same position. And this guy actually goes all the way through and finds like a bunch of beautiful diamonds. And the other guy under him didn't get to the diamonds, but he was one step away from getting to them. But he gave up and turned back. So I always look at that because I'm always like, you never know how close you can be to making your dream come true. So why give up? If you love something, if you're passionate about it, just work hard, obviously, because that's important. Don't just be like, I'm not going to give up and then just lay in bed and not do anything. (laughs) Like It's important for you to have discipline and for you to have a routine and work hard and obviously work on your craft and always educate yourself. But I think that's my biggest advice. If you love something and you're truly passionate about something and you're willing to work hard for it, just don't give up. That's yeah. beautiful. Our, yeah. our mom used to tell us when we were acting and modeling and stuff that like mm-hmm. the rejection necessarily isn't because they didn't like you, that they were picking someone completely opposite from exactly. like what you look like. And it would be like that. You'd see you go out for a Target commercial and then there'd be some blonde hair, blue eye kid on the commercial. You'd be like, mm-hmm. I was even... never going to get that anyway. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's happened to me so many times. It was like they would either tell me like, oh, you're too curvy. Oh, your boobs are too big. Oh, you have a baby face and it doesn't match your body. Oh, your accent comes out sometimes. Or it was always they would always pick on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to prove all of you wrong. So wrong one day. (laughs) But at the end of the day, you just have to use that rejection as sort of like a catalyst to propel you to like move forward as opposed to just making it make you feel stuck. And I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake of being like, oh, this person said this about me or this casting director said this about me. But at the end of the day, you have to believe in yourself more than anybody else. And if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody else is going to. Definitely. Do you think that there is... Like a certain thing that got you to get these roles. Like, for example, like I know you started meditating a lot, not I mean, kind of around the same similar time that I feel like I started meditating. Yeah. And like I, I saw like the results happening in your life. Do you feel like it came from, you know, being more spiritual or what, what do you think? I definitely do. I feel like when I finally, I, I was, it's not that I was in a bad place in my life, but I used to be, when I was a lot younger, I used to be a very, uh, 
a little negative mm -hmm. of a person. And I used to let outside opinions and what people said and what people thought affect me a lot more than I should have. And I was obviously struggling with money. I had just moved to a new country. There was like, I had just moved to a new state. It was just like a lot of things going on. And I allowed the bad parts of my life to really take over me and affect me. And that's when I started going on my spiritual journey because I was like, there has to be more to life than just waking up every day and hating your life. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, there has to be more to life than this. And I know there is more to life than this. So I started seeking sort of like that spiritual side of myself and I started doing affirmations and I started developing my faith and I started meditating and I started like just doing things that would make me feel more balanced with the universe and with like that higher power um and it's crazy because the timing of things when i finally was in like a good place for myself that's when everything in my outer life started changing and i think that's really important because sometimes when you're like so in tune with a positive frequency that's going to reflect on the rest of your life so i think me being able to go through that spiritual journey and really get to know myself spiritually and and feel more awakened it reflected on the rest of my life and it literally changed it most definitely. Do you think, because uh, the way I think a lot is like everything happens for a reason, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you feel that, you know, when, when this incident happened that brought you into the hospital, do you feel like it kind of changed your belief system or your faith in, you know, the law of attraction and spirituality? Because, you know, you do all this and then you, mm -hmm. something bad happens and you're like, dang, and you're just like, what is, is it even for? working or why mm -hmm. am I doing this? Like, how do you, how'd you get through that situation? Yeah, so it's, it's crazy because I did have those days in the hospital where I was like, hold on a second. I would say that I have my crap pretty together. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, why am I here going through this? Um, but then I sort of like took a step back and I realized everything happens for a reason, like you just said. And I, that's the motto that I like to live by as well moto moto motto there's my <laughs> you see what i'm saying learning english at 13 <laughs> um but yeah so what that whatever that word you said um but yeah it's just like i i realized um okay well maybe this is just an opportunity for me to like build more strength in an aspect of my life that maybe i need more strength in and as human beings we're not perfect obviously we you know we still have imperfections it doesn't matter how spiritual you are it doesn't matter we're not perfect so there's always going to be things until the day we die that we're going to be working on and that's just how it is so i looked at it as an opportunity to take a step back and be like okay what are the aspects of my life that i still need work on and i've i've always believed in god and i've always had like a, honestly a regular relationship with god like i would pray once Every few weeks, I would be like, oh, thank you, God, for this. Or, right. But it was never as strong as it became during the hospital. And it was crazy because there was one day where they had switched my room to a different room in the hospital. And your mom was still under the bed of the other one. My mom was still under the bed of the other one. Now, like uh, it was, she kept holding on. There was, <laughs> after pushing the really? unit, my mom was like holding on for dear life. Like, I am Amelia. <laughs> Dude, that woman didn't even shower for like five days. <laughs> she was just hiding between closets Bless and bathrooms. Heart. Honestly, oh my God. Shout out to my mom, yo. <laughs> Bless her. Bless her heart. But um, yeah, so there was a, a moment where they switched to my rooms and they switched me into a room that right in front of my bed, there was a cross. And um, I, it's not that I hadn't prayed up until this point, but I hadn't like really sat down and asked God for help. 
And when I got to that room, it was weird. I don't know if it was like the change of setting or something. There was something that sparked inside of me that I was like, I haven't really like talked to God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I haven't really sat down and prayed and been like, why is this happening to me or what, you know? So then my mom and I decided to, this was like towards the end of me being in the hospital. My mom and I decided to just like, she kneeled down and I was just in my bed and we were playing like worship music and we were just praying and we called some of my family members in other countries and we were doing sort of just like a big prayer circle. Yeah. And I literally out of nowhere, I just started crying and I felt I got goosebumps all over my body and I felt like this presence of something. And I was just like, I didn't even know what it was. And the next day after that was when they told me that they wow. found a cure. So like they found something to, to resolve it. Yeah. So it was just like the craziest thing. Like, I don't know what the heck that was. I mean, I'd like to say it was the presence of God or the presence of whatever right. that higher power is, but it was literally the craziest experience of my life. That sounds that sounds insane, but you know, I did talk to a meditation teacher one time, mm -hmm. and she's telling me like when you get those like some people call them goosebumps, some people call them thrill bumps, and uh, this mm -hmm. teacher that we actually had on the podcast, her name is Caroline. She refers mm -hmm. to them as like um, your spirit talking to you, and like exactly. that's when your spirit is communicating with you is when you get those bumps. It's like it's a sign. It's like a, like mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like yours was you're about to be cured. Yeah. You know, you felt that's it inside so you. Crazy. That's insane. And then now, so now, what are you? working on what are you doing like you're doing youtube i hear you're starting a YouTube yeah channel? i just started a youtube channel okay. um i actually just started it for fun as one of the little project things that i was like eh, COVID, let's pick yeah. up on this during covid because why not I, I try to keep myself as busy as i could so i started youtube i only have like four videos up but it's okay but go subscribe look up emily toaster and go subscribe um but yeah i started youtube um we finally got a date to start filming season three of mayans nice. mc which is great i have a clothing line coming out i'm working on a vegan leather purse line as well you are booked and busy girl. i love that <laughs> do you own or rent your home sure you do and i bet it could be hard work but you know what's easy bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy and it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around the house just go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com that's geico.com I wanted to touch on because it's, it's that time I don't know if that was your scariest story ever but it is that time for you to share your scare Ooh, okay you know what I'm Okay, so this is what I had texted you about. I was like, I really want to talk about what happened to us. And it. I feel like you should help me talk help about you. it. I will yeah. help you. Uh, so I, I just remember Brennan was filming this video. I don't know if he ever told you about this I've or seen not. the video. You've seen the video? Yeah, okay, the video, yeah. yeah. But I feel like some people sometimes when they see YouTube videos, they think that things are staged or they think that things are planned or like somebody else is doing that behind the scenes. Like, no. Because <laughs> I did see a lot of people that were like either sliding into my DMs or telling me like, oh, was this real? Like, yeah. was it fake? It was 100% real. Let me kind of give some backstory. Yeah. So the people can understand. So basically, yeah. I had this Ouija board, the scariest Ouija board I have ever seen. It was like, it wasn't even, a, it was like a, a handmade Ouija board. Like it was like something that you shouldn't be playing with. Either way, mm -mm. I decided to bring, I was going to go play with Colby, Emily, Franny, and myself. And we went out there to this cave, like in the middle of nowhere. And at this same place, I think it was like the Charles Manson case or something, something yeah, close like that. it was something like that. But I remember when I was younger hearing a story about someone's body being found at this same 
same like trail. It was like a hiking trail. Yeah, I, to- I told you the story. It was people from yes. there were a grade above me mm-hmm. at our school. This at is how school. we knew this story. Yeah. What happened? Um, I'm not too sure, but I remember like they were bike riding in that area and they mm-hmm. found like a, be- a dead body and like I guess yeah. the guy, uh, some guy killed like his girlfriend or something and like left her there. Oh my God. So then fast forward a couple years, we decide to go play the Ouija board there. I bring Emily out. First off, mm-hmm. we got to do this hike in the middle of the dark. <laughs> middle like, of nowhere. We have three flashlights on us <laughs> and we're trying to see the trail so that we can get there safely. <laughs> and all through the while of us walking, we hear like the bushes moving. Like there was an Everything. animal or something, something following us up there yeah, forget yeah. That. scary as hell finally we make it to this cave and we get there and they all thought like that was it like we're at the cave no we mm-hmm. had to go inside the cave so we had to climb, climb up, up this rock oh which God. Emily later fell down the rock because 110% <laughs> anyways we're in this cave we decided to start trying to play the Ouija board and um, what happened at first like we weren't really it was, yeah. it was moving a little bit whatever but then we started hearing something in the cave with us mm-hmm. and like there there was this one area because we were in this one area where we could see the exit but behind us was the deepest darkest parts of this cave that, literally that we couldn't see like we didn't know what we was there we didn't we, we don't know how deep anything. it was yeah. it was just like a cave and um, all the while uh, Franny is like basically crying the whole time oh 100% because she's, I'm pretty sure she still has nightmares about yeah. it wow. <laughs> she's convinced there's an animal in there or something and you know I wouldn't put it past that there was a mountain lion or something sleeping mm. in there but either way we're playing the Ouija board and we start hearing rocks and shit flying in mm. this cave and we're like starting to get scared because mm. these are rocks and there's nowhere for us to hide like we can get pelted with a boulder on our head and being and it's not like we can just walk out like no we have to climb Cl- down yeah. we have to like go through all these rocks in order to leave like it's not like there's an easy way out that we yeah. can just be like ah, okay let's go no nothing <laughs> like that there and we start hearing some weird ass noises in there and like just I don't even even know what like they were like and it started getting louder and yeah, louder it was, it was like, like somebody was th- i don't know if it was somebody or what it the seemed like i don't know it might have been like like a uh i don't know i was thinking one of my thoughts is maybe there was like a homeless people living in there or something yeah. because they were throwing rocks they were making noises either way they didn't want us to be in this place mm. i remember franny poor I, god bless her i feel so bad she was bawling her eyes out this whole yeah. time emily's trying to like stay with her but I, now i realize your stress because in oh that you moment, see i internalize everything <laughs> Emily inside was, i was dying but outside i was like it's she all was, good she was trying to make sure like come on guys we gotta go she was trying to yeah. maintain order while yeah. we were all freaking out inside of this cave mm-hmm. and what were you thinking during this i time? was thinking we're gonna die wow. <laughs> but i internalized it <laughs> I would have been the first one gone. Oh, no, my we, God. We, I remember, like, once bigger rocks started getting thrown, they were getting thrown and down And that's at the us. thing. They were getting thrown down at us. And it was like it started out smooth. It right. started out with, like, one or two rocks, smaller rocks. But then it started getting heavier, like, heavier rocks like, and then louder. And, and they were it started getting, like, more hard. and more intense. And that's when we were like, okay, we got to get the F out of here. Yeah, because I it, at that point, I, I knew, like, this, this is not an animal. Someone or something is yeah, trying to harm us. Yeah, because an animal isn't going. It was happening too specifically right. for it to have been an animal. Right, like, we and it, I don't. I, it could have been something spiritual or something, but I don't know because yeah. rocks were being thrown at us like physical yeah, rocks. Physical rocks. It wasn't like we were just hearing these noises and not seeing mm-hmm. anything. I remember multiple rocks almost coming at me, like right where I was sitting. Mm-hmm. And I remember us running out of there, and Emily just decided to <laughs> free fall this thing <laughs> because she just ran and jumped <laughs> off of this cave. Like, I kid Literally. you not. And I wish we could 
like have a visual image for you guys to see. But, but it was literally like it was like rock climbing. Okay. Oh my god. So imagine that somebody's going rock climbing and they just decide to throw themselves off of this Jeez. rock climbing. This girl <laughs> slid down all the rocks. Poor girl, her back's all scraped <laughs> up, and she ran out of there faster than anyone else. I like, almost fell like on, on Franny at, oh at a god. point. And then we and then we're all just running from from this cave. Like keep mm-hmm. in mind, we hiked for like what 20, 25 yeah. minutes before we got to the cave. I didn't even know I had that type of stamina in me. (laughs) (laughs) It was so, that was probably hands down one of the scariest things that we had to go through. But I'm at least glad we did it together. I know. So then people don't think we're completely crazy. I know. And people don't think like, oh, they're lying. Like, no, it's together. So we're telling the story together. So it's the truth. We have like four witnesses in total with all of us. and I have (laughs) talked about this and it was just so like, Insane that that, that mm-hmm. none of us got hurt from those it's rocks. It's so crazy because that was they were this yeah. close. Yeah, like whoever was doing that, whatever it is that was doing that, like their intention was to hurt us. Yeah, and, and the, the thi- fact that we all made it out alive right? was crazy. And I'm just glad that we didn't see it because I would have probably gotten a fight with them if I because <laughs> like totally I would have been like, that. "Yo, why are you throwing rocks at me? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Have you seen this face? Is all I got? Like, stop." <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah, I'm honestly just, I'm so surprised that we all made it out there live. Because sometimes, like, too, in the midst of so much fear and, like, so much stuff going on in your body, like, you don't think straight. So it's just like, you just jump off. That's kind of what happened to you. (laughs) I see you. That's kind of what happened to me. I was like, dude, either this is going to kill me or this fall is going to kill me. I'd rather die in the fall. But I'd rather die in the fall than whatever the heck this is. So I was like, all right, let's go. I was so worried that like something was gonna happen, like and we're gonna have to carry Emily back as we're running. Like I would have probably been like, just take her, just take her. Um, Excuse me, that's how little you care. I'm definitely hurting you after this. Was that your ultimate scariest moment? Yeah, that was definitely my scariest I, moment. Would you ever go and play the Ouija board again? Absolutely not. Why would I? Would, would you ever go back to a cave? Uh, um, that cave. that cave. Oh no, 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 no. I, <laughs> Poor don't know. I, I really scared That was so traumatizing. You traumatized me for the rest of my life. I don't wow. think I, I don't think I I don't think I ever even went hiking after that, like during the <laughs> day. Lying. I literally ruined this whole girl's life. <laughs> oh my god. Like I can't even go to Ronin without being like, Oh my god, something's gonna follow me, somebody's gonna throw rocks at me. Like I think I need to start going to therapy for that at some point. I know, I know, right? Do you go to therapy? Is that a wrong question? I, I've yeah, always thought I about actually do. going to therapy. Is it helpful? Yeah, I it's kind of crazy because I feel like people have this very negative connotation of mm-hmm. what therapy is. But, and like people are scared to talk about it and people are scared to say, I go to therapy because everybody's going to be like, oh, you're crazy. But it's really not like that. It's more so like you're just sitting there. And if you have the right person, obviously, you. I do mine online, so I don't actually go to a place. But yeah, I mean, she's like a spiritual therapist. Oh, really? So she also helps you like spiritually and stuff was like that. Was it that girl that we went to and that one time? No, oh, it's actually that a different girl was one. Good. But, oh my God, that girl was good. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> she still asks me about you. Does she? Yeah, she still sh- asks me if we got married. Like, oh my she god, was, like, we, we gotta she talk about this. She always wanted us to get married. <laughs> okay, so so Emily one time asked me if I want to go to a psychic with her, and I was yeah. like, yeah, sure. Why so not? she's actually not a psychic; she's an intuitive reader. Mm. So she like reads energies, and she's like, yeah, she's basically an intuitive reader. Got it. Yeah. So Emily went there and uh, asked about like all these these guys that she was like she liked or something. Fair enough. And the intuitive reader was trying to find out like if they're the right guys for yeah. her or whatever and what happened and she just would always tell me Brennan <laughs> Brennan <laughs> she's like Brennan is the right guy for you and then it's funny because I left right and like a week later she texted me she's like are you dating Brennan yet and I was like no <laughs> just left <laughs> I'm like what 
wow. and then again she hit me up and she was like i feel like you and brandon are gonna get married and i was like oh my god that's so funny because 25 dollars goes a long way <laughs> <laughs> yo that's so funny wow. yeah, let me just... oh my Can gosh <laughs> like could you imagine we start a whole marriage based on what this lady right? said i mean i'm not yeah. down <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> my mom just said she approves out oh, there. So, oh, there you I mean, go. She's got, my bestie, like, so she better approve. We're setting up relationships on this podcast. Wow. We're going to walk out of here with a marriage, with Everything. advice, with this is like the most complete podcast there is out there. <laughs> I know, right? This is Come the on, podcast and walk out of there with a full relationship and kids. That's it. <laughs> kids? Oh, that kids. was add on. I mean, that's oh. sprinkles to the cake, girl. <laughs> kids? Dot, dot, dot. Question mark, question mark. <laughs> so I saw that you like started a charity. Tell us about that. Um, so my mom is Venezuelan. So I was born and raised in Dominican Republic, but I still consider myself half Dominican, half Venezuelan. Um, so my mom is from there and my entire family from my mom's side is still there. And there's like a very, very bad political situation happening over there. Um, there's like a huge social crisis. People are starving. Like people aren't getting access to food and medicine and just basic needs. And it's all caused by the huge corruption that is going on in the government. So my mom and I just wanted to, obviously, now that we're in a good place where we can actually help others, um, we wanted to start a charity to just help the country. So what we do is that we ship them. um, We host either charity events or just little things here and there um, to gather money or gather food or gather medicine. and, And we work with this shipping company that ships to Venezuela. And we just basically work with different places over there, either orphanages or elderly centers or other organizations that are based off of the country. And we just send monthly shipments to there with food and medicine. And we've been able to feed like thousands and thousands of people every month. And we host food banks over there and we give medicine to the hospitals that don't have medicine. So, yeah, we've been able to do a lot, which is awesome. We're really really happy about it. Yeah. And what's it called? It's called Cartos International. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Look at you. (laughs) <laughs> I know you do a lot of stuff with charities, and mm-hmm. and you 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 work with a lot. I know you work with one about human trafficking, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 so into the charities, you know. Yeah. Can you talk about the ones that you're involved with and how you got involved with charities? Because like me, I I can't mm-hmm. figure out which one I want to help out. That's my issue. Maybe yeah. people listening too. Yeah. So I think that was actually my issue at first. I I was like sitting back and I was like. Sadly, there is so much wrong in the world Mm -hmm. and there are so many negative things happening in the world and there's like so many ways in which we can help. And I was trying to figure out, I don't want to like feel like an octopus where I have like tentacles everywhere and I'm going crazy. So I was like, let me just focus on on a few things at first and then everything will just flow the way that it's supposed to. So what I actually did was that I I would find organizations on Instagram about things that I believed I could help in and I would just DM them. I literally would just hit them up and I'd be like, hey, so this is the deal. (laughs) I'm trying to... We like work with you guys and help you out and collaborate and do whatever I can to help or volunteer. And then um, a lot of them still haven't answered me, but the ones that did, <laughs> um, the ones that did, um, I, I started like continuously working with them. And some of those are Thirst Project. Which, yes, I remember yeah, Thirst Project. Yeah, shout out to Thirst Project. Shout out to Thirst Project. So they're amazing. Um, Feeding America is another one that I constantly work with. They're trying to help, obviously, the hunger in this country, um, which is a very big issue. There's a lot of people that are starving that don't have access to food. And like, that's a 
basic need. And it's mm-hmm. crazy because we don't really realize it because we're obviously blessed yeah. and we have access to all these things, but we don't realize that most people don't. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like, okay, what are the things that I feel really blessed in, but that I know that other people in the world or this country don't have? And let's target that. So yeah, that's kind of how I went about. And a lot of charities are really good about like and on their websites and stuff, they have volunteering opportunities that people can look at. And honestly, if you just Google like volunteering opportunities in my area or something like that, you'll you'll always find something. I feel like you just have to be willing to actually do right. the research. Yeah. And I think and instead of just being like, oh, I kind of want to volunteer and then just leave it at that. You have to do the research, read about these foundations, read about these organizations, and then just find like whatever resonates the most with you. Definitely. I think that that is a thing that everyone should spend some time doing in this quarantine. You know, figure mm-hmm. out a charity you want to help out with. Figure out what resonates with you, like Emily said, because, mm-hmm. you know, there is a lot of people out there that do need help in certain things that we have and we look upon, look over because we are blessed mm-hmm. to have it. So look into that. Look into a charity that you guys want to help out with because it's a beautiful thing. And I thank you yeah, for doing that. Of yeah. course. You guys even went and planted trees one time, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's amazing. That's another organization called Tree People. And yeah. they, they plant yeah. trees to it's help even helping the environment your and your community yeah. as well. Yeah. Right. We're, we're breathing in this oxygen, and it's mm. provided to us from the trees. we got to replant them, you know? Exactly. Like, we're, doing, we're doing it all. Uh, <laughs> and it's awesome because I feel like at the end of the day, like, yeah, obviously being successful is really cool and having money and having this and, like, feeling financial stability and... and at the end of the day, I feel like what really is cool is what legacy you leave behind. And it's just like, how do we do that? By making the world a better place. And it's just like, when I die, I want people to remember me by the good things that I did and like how many lives I changed as opposed to remembering me for, oh, look at these cars she had or look at this house she bought. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I actually want to leave behind like a legacy of, of helping people and making the world a better place. And I feel like if we all did that together, man, what a better world we would live in. Right. Let me know when you get the other seven bills. Million people on board. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. So, what do you got? Uh, what do you got planned like to do for the rest of 2020? Do you have anything big coming out that the people need to know about? Hopefully, uh, the movie that I just did with Nicolas Cage, which um, was my first um, lead in a film, um, hopefully it's supposed to come out sometime this year before the year is done. It's fingers called Willy's Wonderland. So because of COVID, wow. everything's getting delayed, but I'm crossing my fingers what, that it'll still happen What this is that year. movie about? Can you give uh, a little synopsis? Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a sci-fi suspenseful movie. Um, so Nicholas and I are trying to... It's like a night in the museum, but okay, like awesome. Nicholas and Emily version. <laughs> and we're uh, trying to run away from these animatronic animals um, so they come alive and then they're trying to haunt us and kill us and we're basically just like trying to run away from them and, and survive. When you're working with such like, an iconic actor like Nicolas Cage, do you feel like your maybe your skills aren't as equal to his when you're performing with him? Yeah, there was a point where I was like, oh my god uh, this was before I even met him, before anything I was so nervous because I was like, this is an Oscar winning actor, <laughs> like this is my first film, yeah. I'm just like, this is even crazy that I'm here right now. But at the end of the day, it's kind of crazy because when I like stepped onto set I felt like an equal because he made me feel that way and I think that's so nice about working with someone that obviously I've looked up to for so long and I've, I I would watch his movies when I didn't even speak English so it's like I never thought that I would be working with him yeah. so it's just it also was really nice because he was so sweet he was so kind he was so welcoming and, and he was always giving me advice and it, it just felt like a really good environment because he made it that way he wasn't like stuck up or anything like that so I think that was also helpful for us working together right yeah, yeah. because 
guys heard that conspiracy theory about Nicolas Cage? No. Uh, Tell me more. (laughs) So I don't know too much about it, but they Mm -hmm. say that he's a vampire. I could totally see that. Because there's... there's, Do you have any bite marks? (laughs) I could totally see that. (laughs) So supposedly there's photos from like way, way early in the day. Mm -hmm. I have one pulled up or I'll show you. We'll have to put it in the video. Oh my god! But it's like dated like 1800s and it literally looks like him. Like... Oh my god. And there's more photos. There's more photos like that. That oh, that's him. Just, that is yeah. him. There's a whole conspiracy about it that he's like a vampire. He doesn't age. I'm not gonna a lie. Traveler. He's so like eccentric, and he's so like wise, and he's just he just moves differently. So I could totally see that. Wow. Imagine. <laughs> I could totally see that. Maybe you're a vampire, and you're on television. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. No, I did. I definitely think Nicolas Cage is an awesome actor. So that's a that's a big mm. uh, big ups for you, and know, we're gonna I be was, looking for that. Going crazy. I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can the people find you, Miss Emily Tosta? Um, so on social media, it's at Emily Tosta. And if you want to go watch Party of Five or my MC, we're on Hulu. So <laughs> yes, sir, go stream those up, go listen to them, go watch them um, and check out Emily Tosta. Thank you so much, Emily, for being here. We truly appreciate your your beautiful energy on the set of this Thank podcast. You. Thank you very much. And uh, until next week. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sus. Share your scare. Make sure to subscribe and check back every Wednesday for new episodes. And don't forget to tell your friends. Follow all of our social media links at shareyourscare.com. We're going to be doing tons of giveaways, but only for our most active fans. If you have a scare of your own that you want to share, leave us a voicemail. Our number is 626-275-8695. Or if you just want to shoot us an email, our email is shareyourscarepod at gmail.com. And that's spelled with a U-R. Until next Wednesday, stay sus. Stay sus.